Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey guys, welcome back to Soul Sisters. Jesse Katz here. Uh, I am joined by one of my favorite colleagues in the office, Yemi, who is one of our brilliant interns in the video department, and she records a lot of these episodes that you listen to, and she edits some of them that you see on YouTube, and she's just another kick-ass lady that we have working with us at Billboard right now. How are you, Yemi? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Um, I asked Yemi to come on and do this intro with me because she is a big fan of the guest that we have on today's episode, who is Miss Leanne Womack. And uh, Yemi, tell me about your feelings about Leanne Womack and in particular her big hit. I hope you dance. Yes. I I actually have a very fond memory of this song because we used to make goodbye videos in college to different people who graduated above us. Uh huh. And this was our constant go-to. <laughs> okay. I have no clue why. I think it just brings on so many emotions and so many feelings that you're just like, oh no. Yeah, I hope you dance is a great metaphor for. I hope you go on and do beautiful things in your life. Yeah, it's always yeah. a, a friendly goodbye. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's very cute. How many of those videos do you think that you made? Five at least. Okay. And like three out of the five were, that was the song. Yeah. You don't remember how you guys chose that song? My friend Shannon, actually, it was her favorite song that her mom used to sing to her. Uh Uh-huh. And she showed it to me one time and I was like, this is it. This is where we go. That's the one. Yes. That's the tearjerker. Yeah, it's a very inspirational song. I think it's also played at lots of weddings. Anyway, so when Leanne was booked on this show originally, I didn't know much about her beyond that song, um, as I think a lot of people, um, that's their experience with her. But when I started doing my research and talking to some friends of mine who are more in the know about country music than I am, I realized that she's actually a, a bona fide country artist. She writes beautiful songs and her music has actually just gotten better and better. And she talks on this episode about how she really like found her more authentic voice since um, I Hope You Dance. And, you know, she's very grateful for that song. It certainly opened a lot of doors for her. Mm-hmm. But um, her music is just it, it, it's just gotten more and more amazing. And her new album is out this week. It's called The Lonely, The Lonesome and The Gone. And I'm obsessed with it. It's awesome. So. 
Anyway, I'll let you guys hear this conversation that Dara and I had with Leanne when she was in New York a few weeks ago. And um, the album comes out this Friday, and you should listen to it. I think after you hear this episode, you'll definitely want to. So here's Leanne Womack on Soul Sisters. Leanne Womack is on Soul Sisters. Woo! Yay! <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Yeah? How is your time in New York? <laughs> It's hectic. Yeah. The traffic is so bad right now. It's not bad. that it's not always bad, because it always is, but like now it's crazy. Yeah, there's a UN convention. Right. Trump is here. General Assembly nightmare. Wait. <laughs> yeah. We made it. I just want to say, you are such an amazing musician and songwriter to a level that I didn't fully appreciate, I have to admit, until I was getting ready for you to come on the show. Oh, that's and good. I that's like goodness. dug deeper into your music than I ever had before. And I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in Nashville and she works for Sony now. She worked at the Country Music Hall of Fame for a while and she was like she was like, You think you know Leanne Womack, but like listen to her most recent albums and you will see she is like verified country kick-ass artist and I was like <laughs> okay and I like I dug into it and I was like oh she's right like you are the real deal so I'm very excited that you're here and I'm very excited for this new album that you have coming out this fall because mm -hmm. I can only imagine from what I've heard from it and what I've heard about it so far that it is like just even further entrenched in like all the history of country music that you've absorbed and you've these people that you've worked with along the way and like I feel like you've just been building up this huge trajectory that is like exploding in this moment. Do you feel that way? That's yes. my impression of you. I yes. love that. <laughs> so now you can tell us how it feels from your perspective. Okay. Uh, yes. I. Um, so I grew up in East Texas and listening to like real country music, uh -huh. which people don't even know anymore. You know, I mean, yeah. it, but real country music is like has a lot of substance and it's mm -hmm. really um, soulful. Yeah. And so um, for this record, I went back to Texas to make the record, to mm -hmm. record the record. I've been right. I had written all over the country just on different writing retreats and things like that. But uh, went back there to record and wanted to capture, you know, all that stuff. Um, the studio is in Houston. It's a very eclectic city. Mm -hmm. I was telling them earlier that it's the most culturally diverse city in the country. Hmm. And it, um, like, if you walk down the Galleria, or we went to the zoo, um, you don't, you hardly hear English spoken. Oh, mm. really? You hear all kinds of languages, yeah. So, and then when you're getting to the music, I mean, it's a huge rap scene. Uh-huh. Um, it's a huge blues, or there has been a, as big as blues scenes get. Yeah. Uh, big blues scene out of there. Uh, you have everything from Lightning Hopkins to George Jones. Yeah who were both very, very soulful artists, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. Janis Joplin, uh, Don Henley, all these East Texas musicians, you know, and so yeah. um, I kind of wanted to showcase all of that in this record. Right. Yeah, because you can get bluesy. Like, you have that in you in spades. <laughs> and I think that's some of the best kind of country Absolutely. is that, like, overlaps with that. I love it. Yeah. Yes. I agree. I think... George Jones, to me, is a soul singer. Right. I mean, he, you play that guy for anybody in any genre of music that, and I've done it, uh -huh. that aren't familiar with his stuff, and they go, oh, wait a minute. You know, I mean, he digs deep. Uh -huh. It's way down in there. And so, that you know, that's the kind of musician I wanted to be. Yeah. So, was there writing happening when you were 
in Houston already, or had it had the record mainly been written? Yeah, by then? It, it, yeah. Okay. We went into the studio with what we were going to cut. So it was really the energy of the city that informed the recording process, not exactly. as much the writing, but the recording. And you had a bunch of musicians that you hadn't worked with so much before. Is that correct? No, I had worked with, um, in one way or another, I had worked with all of them. Yeah. But you all got to sort of stay in that city together. Like, did that feel like a retreat? Did you like hang out after the sessions, or <laughs> you did. know, was it? Did it, it, was it a bonding situation? You live in Nashville yes. now, just for context? Yes, but okay. we still have a house in Houston and one okay. up further in East Texas, and because my husband and I are both from East Texas. Got it. Um, so, but you um, didn't meet there, did you? No, we met in Nashville. Yeah. You're right, okay. you're right. So, um, yeah, I, I took all these guys down there, and we just camped out. And, uh, and we talked a lot about the history of the studio that we were recording in and the history of, uh, you know, that area. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about the history of that studio? Yeah. It's called Sugar Hill Studios, and it was Gold Star. It was a Gold Star studio, um, which I think there was one in L.A. and one in New York. And and, um, they have these particular kinds of echo chambers. um, And I have a little video of it posted on my um, Twitter and Instagram. But it's really cool uh, the way they run things. And I wanted that sound Uh uh, on the record. And and, um, I'm very much... I love the 60s and 70s, love that country music. And so to me, there's something uh, about the Texas music scene and, and the Southern California country music scene, you know, that are linked a little bit. And, and so because mm-hmm. um, you got, of course, you have Merle Haggard from Oklahoma and Buck Owens from uh, Sherman, Texas, who went, who you know, went out to L.A. and Bakersfield, you know, and all uh-huh. that. So so. Um, those two are kind of tied, and, and I just, th- I wanted that vibe. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I can hear that a little bit <clears throat> on the single Hollywood <clears throat> that's out already. Mm-hmm. There's kind of like that echoey, like, background vocal thing happening that mm-hmm. sounds kind of Southern California, you know? It's yes. cool. Yeah, it has a, also 60s. a modern feel, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it has this kind of ambient stuff happening. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that I wanted to get that. And at that particular studio, I mean, you had um, Jones cut all of his early hits, um, and then you had Willie Nelson cut there. He cut Nightlife, the song Nightlife that he wrote, he cut there. And um, uh, I saw some uh, tapes from Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, Freddie Fender uh, did a lot of his stuff there. So just on and on, there's there just some really soulful country music that had been made there. Yeah. So um, now they do mostly rap music. So it's all these rap that? artists. <laughs> you know, the rap scene in Houston is huge. Right. And it's, again, it's like, it's real. It's not pop rap. Like, yes. you know, it's like real gritty stuff. And, uh-huh. and so um, I had fun hanging out with all those guys. They were there when you were there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, were they listening to you recording? Oh, yeah. They, we were like, come, I mean, please come in, you know. And yeah, yeah. We, Did you get any to feedback? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, didn't, I mean, one of them said, will you sing on, on my thing? I was going to oh, say yeah, you should yeah, feature yeah. on a rap Maybe, track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. But, you know, the best thing about being there and not Nashville or L.A. Mm -hmm. to record was that those guys, they don't, um, they're not beholden to uh, the rules, sort of, you know, and and the way things are done. Right. Uh, On major labels, they they get up every morning, they go to the studio, and they're wide open. Their minds are wide open, you know, and and they're happy. And they're not like, you know, we've got to get this record out and we've got to, you know... It's not like that. It's it's like they make music for the sake of making music, mm-hmm. and so to be surrounded by those kind of people mm-hmm. while you're recording, 
you know, you might be surprised to, to know that that's not the way it usually is. Yeah, well, and I mean, can you talk a little bit about your complicated history with trying to play by those rules mm -hmm. and make that album when they're asking you to make that album, right? Because yeah. like this, this is a journey that you've been on that's brought you back to Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it wasn't, it didn't always feel as free as it does right now, I no. would imagine. Mm -mm. And I didn't realize that, you know, there's things you don't know. I'm, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to be a country singer, I'm going right. to sign a record deal and, and, you know, and all that. And you don't think about, or I didn't, my kids who do it now, uh -huh. they knew all that when they started making records, you know, but, but I didn't. They're all making records? Well, I have two girls, yeah. and um, one of them's writing, getting, she wants to go in the studio and start her okay. record. The other one, uh, Warner Brothers put a record out on her this year. Or wow. Where are we? Yeah, this year. That's so amazing. she's touring in the UK right now. Okay. So they're are a little savvier. What? <laughs> are you guys involved as, oh, as musical uh, parents? Frank produced uh, Aubrey's record. That's awesome. And um, I'm sure he probably will. Anna's too. I don't know. Um, and then uh, I try to stay, people go, oh, do you give her advice? I go, no, she gives me advice. She grew up in the business. She's a lot smarter and more savvy about it than I yeah. than I ever was. So um, I don't give a lot of advice. And, and plus, she has a great manager, and, and I let her manager do her job. And uh -huh. and Because if I start getting in there and doing that, then who's going to be mom? You know, I'm not letting anybody else be mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I try to just give her advice like on personal things yeah yeah, yeah. but That's you really right. grew up in the business too i mean you went to music school not grew up with it at, in your home necessarily although your father was a mm -hmm. a DJ? radio dj mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so so i mean it's a different side of the industry side, totally. yeah right. but then you went to music school and music business school and interned in nashville i mean you've seen it from from a very young age i had i was i was luckier than most because by the time i got my record deal i had my first husband was uh a, touring musician he played with Ricky Skaggs and um and others and and he road managed Ricky for a while and mm. so I got to see a lot of that so by mm -hmm. the time I had my own band and I knew what I needed in a road manager I knew what that job required mm -hmm. I knew what it was like also to be a wife and have a child at home while your husband was out on the road mm. so I have a lot of empathy for the wives of my players you yeah. know and spouses of my players and and so there's a lot of things that, that I knew by the time I got my record deal. Yeah. I have a question about when you were in music school. You were at Belmont, right? I did go to Belmont. For mm -hmm. part of the time. And you were studying music business. How many other women were studying with you? A lot. Were there? Most of the people I went to school with went back home, though. Okay. Most of the people did not stay in Nashville and, and end up working in a few. But, yeah. But, not a lot. And the program was a lot smaller then because uh -huh. we're talking, you know, years ago. But right. um, before that, I went to school at South Plains College, which is in Leveland, Texas. Uh -huh. um, and they had an actual like I was in a band. So I would we would rehearse. Uh -huh. Then we would go out and do a gig. We would get on the bus, go do a gig, set up, do the gig, tear down. Go, you know, so I actually got an education in the in Being what I'm touring. doing. Yeah. 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 Was it a country band? It was a country band, and they had uh, several country bands and several bluegrass bands. Okay. A lot of very talented kids at that school and teachers. Uh -huh. Still, And their program has grown in, by leaps and bounds, too. And they have a television studio, and they have a mm. um, recording studio, which I recorded while I was there and all that. I made a record. So yeah. it, that was really cool. Was your intention when you were in school to continue in the business or – you okay oh you mean in the, what do you mean well in the music business because you you went to school you studied it but then you had your kids right right and then you went back to music right 
Well, was, was that always the plan? I was, you know, singing and writing that whole time. The whole time? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so you never actually stopped. Mm-mm. Got it. Okay, okay. No, I went to Belmont, which has, like I said, their program is huge now, too, and they yeah. have a studio and all that. But honestly, I went there <laughs> because it was in Nashville. <laughs> ah, and the okay. dorm was right there on canvas. And I was 17 <laughs> when I graduated from high school. So um, I was young, and my parents yeah. were, they didn't want me just moving off somewhere, waiting tables and getting a, Right. So, so instead um, of saying, I'm moving to Nashville, you're like, I'm, I'm going to go to school. school. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> How much does Nashville, the, the Nashville that you know now and you describe as this industry sort of machine within a system, how much does that resemble what it was when you were there as a student? I mean, how much has this transformation really occurred, or has that sort of always been Nashville? You mean of it becoming like this industry town? Yeah, I mean, it's that, always yeah. been an industry town, right? But like, has it sort of succumbed more to pressures of studio of, of labels and just like commercial, right. you know, pop hit machine? It is more um, like a product now. Right. And when I hear stories about when like Willie Nelson was a songwriter in town, I mean, those are the guys that built that town, you know, songwriters. Mm-hmm. And now it's just I've looked at some of the acts and they seem like products. Right. You know, yeah. and, and that's that that's a shame, I think, because that's what set Nashville apart, you know. And right. so, yeah, we've had a few guests on the show, actually, um, younger artists who went down to Nashville and that was their big break. Like something brought them down there because they were starting to get momentum. And then they just completely felt like their personality and their music was being taken over and repackaged. And they had to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like Maggie Rose like talked a lot about on the show. Um, and they like kind of had a crisis of identity mm-hmm. upon like their first year or two in Nashville. Like this isn't what I came here for. And I don't want to be in this machine, you know. So I think it's tricky for people to to learn how to navigate that. Right. It seems like there's a split between it's such a songwriter driven city and like the energy there is so like about songwriting and yet it's not maybe necessarily as personal driven. It's sort of like commercial minded Mm -hmm. as opposed to this authentic thing that you imagine Nashville. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Well, for instance, and just to make it cut, make it really, really simple. Like yeah. you, you look back at in the '60s, and you had a song. Oh, who wrote this song? One writer, you know, Willie Nelson. Right. Maybe a second writer. Right. You look at things now. It's like ten, ten writers on a song. Yeah. You know, it's like what, what? You know, that's what does that do? To, what do you credit that to? Money. I mean, 
they're just, um, yeah, they're making you know a product, and and and, and it is a more thing. writers, less instruments. <laughs> yeah, fewer <laughs> instruments. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's strange. I'm glad right, to hear so, y'all say that because yeah. that's what. Oh yeah, I and mean, I and that's what was so. I mean, so refreshing. It's, it sounds weird to say refreshing to hear all these live musicians, but your record is so full of life, of real live recording, oh. and you can feel that the like actual interplay happening between musicians. It's like hearing those live drums, and it's it. You can tell the difference, and it makes makes for a really exciting experience. Oh, I'm glad. Thank you. I'm yeah. glad to hear you say that. <laughs> it's funny to say that it's unusual. <laughs> yeah, I know. So you must feel that when you're recording it, right? Like that energy, like mm-hmm. that must just translate straight to the record. Very much so, yeah. yeah. I mean, Frank, my husband, produced the record, and he is ins- he insisted that I be on the floor with the musicians when, when we were recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How did your first album happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, Let's go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I had written some songs and uh-huh. had, and I went around and found some songs like Jamie O'Hara song. Um, um, I was a, a um, I was a writer at Sony Tree Publishing. Okay. So, um, so you were writing for other people first. Yeah, but I wasn't getting any cuts or anything right but they basically signed me because they knew i was gonna they figured i was gonna get a record deal got it so and i and i was made i was writing these extremely country songs yeah. you know like uh on my first record i had one called am i the only thing you've done wrong my husband was out on the road and i felt like a loser uh, you know <laughs> sitting at home doing nothing and and he was all over the world and all over tv and everything and i so i wrote the song called am i the only thing you've done wrong and and uh, so it was, con- I mean, country. You know? <laughs> yeah. so, so I had to write them, you know, because I couldn't really find them. And then I started yeah. asking people, you know, will you write some country stuff for, uh-huh. for, for me? And so that's how the whole first record came about. Okay. And Basically because of the song, Am I the Only Thing You've Done Wrong? Uh, somebody at the label heard it. And, and that was it. Who was that first husband? Oh, that's Aubrey's dad. Uh, my daughter's name is Aubrey Sellers, and uh-huh. so her dad is Jason Sellers, who is an artist on RCA, and yeah. he's written a lot of uh, hit songs for Kelly Clarkson, different people, and and so um, that's her dad, and that was my first husband, and and uh, yeah. Got Did it. you ever record that, that song? Time. Am I the only thing? You oh yeah, it's on the first. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it easier to be married to a producer uh-huh. than to another artist? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. It's easier to collaborate. <laughs> well, yes, it yes. is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe among some other personality traits that we don't have to get into. That's funny. Um, and then, okay, so then the ball was rolling, and then, I mean, what? How do you? How did you feel like going album to album? Did you feel like you were moving in the direction you wanted to move, or at a certain point, did you feel like you were being pushed in a direction you weren't comfortable with? Like what? I was very, very lucky uh-huh. that I had people around me who appreciated what I was and what I wanted to do, and um, and saw that there was that it was kind of a wide open because nobody else was doing it, you know. So I had Mark Wright to produce, and he was also uh, uh, worked at the label, and then Sheila Shipley ran the label. This was DECA Records, which was a division of MCA, which okay. is Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had John Lytle, who was head of promotion, who was 
from Texas and loves that kind of music. So everybody was like, when I said, I've got this song, Never Again Again, I want Ricky Skaggs to sing the harmony on it. <laughs> I want fiddles. I want steel guitars. Yeah. You know, most people would have said, yeah, I don't care. You're not doing that. But <laughs> yeah. my label went, okay, well, let's oh. just give it a shot and see. Wow. And so we knew it wasn't a number one radio song, but it was it told people exactly who I was and where I came from and what my foundation was. Totally. What record was that? Which one was that? Never Again Again. That was on the first, yeah. Okay. First record. And then continuing on, you sort of, was there more of a push and encouragement to go a little bit more mainstream pop commercial? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Um, well, we found a song called I Hope You Dance. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, a little we, we song could you both tell stories of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Everybody. Yeah, we could yeah go on and on about that song and, and just... I was listening to it again recently, and it's like, it's just so good. It just <laughs> says all of the things. It's like, you know, uh, someone who has like a calling card song, a song that's they're known for forever. You know, it could be any number of sort of moods. You know, we just interviewed um, Listen Manchester. Don't Cry Out Loud is one of my favorite songs of all time. I grew up with it, not really knowing what it was about. But now as an adult, it's kind of a tough it's kind of a tough hang, like, don't cry out loud, you know? Your song that you're forever now identified with is such a positive, hopeful, wonderful song. I mean, and that's, like, that's at least, I don't know how you feel about being tied to such a, to one thing that everyone knows you for, but it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a, it's a great one. one. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, it can be somewhat of an albatross at times, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But. Like you said, I, I go, you know, at least it is, it's not a ditty, you know, it's a, it's a <laughs> right. real song and yeah. it's a good song and it has helped people so much. And mm-hmm. that, that was a double-edged sword. Um, I love that as a mother, you know, to hear you say that, I just, you know, oh, I just want to hug you. You know I mean? I just so glad to hear that. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I've, I also had people that would, I was the girl who sang never again again. Am I the only thing you've done wrong? Drinking, cheating songs, you know? So all of a sudden I had this right. positive, hopeful song <laughs> with all these lush string stuff on it. And people started coming to me almost like I was supposed to be Billy Graham or something. Right. I'm like, I cannot even <laughs> so get myself that... together. I don't know how I'm going to help you. How did it happen? That's funny. How, how, how um, did it happen? Well, Mark Wright, who was my producer at the time, uh, you know, produced it and made it real lush and everything. Uh-huh. Now, I think in his mind, he thought, I can cross this thing over, yeah, and it'll be a pop hit, and we are off to the races, mm-hmm. you know. That was never mentioned to me. So, <laughs> I'm driving, uh, I'm driving, it's dark at night, I'm by myself in a car uh, in, in East Texas, and my best friend, who lives in New Jersey now, who I grew up with, she called me and said, I mean, I don't know if I'm crazy or what, but I swear to you, I am sitting here right now listening to you on a pop station. And I went, no, you're crazy. That's not what. And wow, that's how I found know. out. No. That's crazy. So then they decide they're going to bring me in the studio and I'm going to re-sing it, but sound less country. Wow. Whoa, wow. really? So they bring in this consultant wow. person. He comes in and I go in and I start singing and I swear to you, I sang about two lines. They stopped and he pushes the button and goes, come on in. And I came in and they go, this this isn't gonna work i mean they couldn't make me sound less country. <laughs> less country and this is with the same label that that, that should be a badge of honor for a texas girl right <laughs> <laughs> i can't sound less country when they're paying <laughs> i was so disappointed in myself you know but 
but yeah and it's it's, it's the, the same, same label that was encouraging you to say that it was like go ahead do your your fiddle and you know do the, your vibe and now they're saying okay yeah, but, when but they figure out how to yeah make a little money well and, then... and also um I think they wanted to give the treatment that they thought it deserved for, you know, a different market, whatever. So, you know, I, I think, ironically, I think there was some music. There were some thought of mu- music going mm-hmm. on in, in his mind, too, about that. So, yeah. um, I, Right, because if it were a country song, a, a more of a country song, I don't know if it would have been my graduation song. Or my prom song, you right, know? Yeah. Right, like that right. really did make the a mass appeal. Yeah. Right, right, right. Right. So I I mean, I know a lot of people think, well, she probably regrets doing that. I don't regret doing that song because I get to be a part of people's lives. Graduations, wedding, births, yeah. even yeah. deaths, things like this. People associate that song, you know, to their lives. And yeah. so how many artists get to have a song like that? Right. Yeah. That's rarefied air. Absolutely. And does that now having that make it now easier to do the other stuff? I mean, now that you've it sort of mm-hmm. laid the foundation for you to say and it and it took you really far. I mean, it made your name in the mainstream world. And now you're able to say I can do whatever I want to do and in, in an easier, more relaxed way. Now, immediately following, though, you know, uh, yeah, I'm they sure kept it pigeonholes wanting, you at first. Right. right? Yeah. And they kept wanting you know of course they want to repeat that success right but you know you as an artist you just I mean unfortunately I never made decisions about money I just never thought you know if I did this I could sell this many records or whatever there have been times when I wish I could be more business-minded like that but it's like I'm motivated by the music yeah but that's when you see artists making huge missteps when they do something that's super calculated like that and they're like trying to ride the wave of something and it fails. And then everyone's like, no, like it's so clear why you did that. Yeah. Just be true to, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, it's hard to do what you're doing, what you decided to do, but the payoff will be so much greater, mm-hmm. you know? And I was lucky to be in a position where I could, yeah, you know? Right. So, totally. so, yeah. Wow. Respect. But it can be, an, like I said, it can be an albatross, the song can, yeah. but it also brought me a lot of fans that I wouldn't have had. Was there a time during the heyday of it when it first came out that you sort of lost the perspective that you would have wanted to be something else and you sort of leaned into like, this is awesome. I'm a pop star. No. 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 Um, What do you credit that to? I think I was a little bit older when I signed Mm. my record deal. Mm -hmm. And I think um, I didn't really enjoy a lot of what came with that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Fame wise, like notoriety wise, or music, what you had to sing musically? Fame, notoriety. Um, um, also, like I enjoy playing theaters mm-hmm. that were built for, for acoustics. Yeah. <laughs> Not, Not buildings that were built to play basketball in. Yeah. Same as someone in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, yeah. I, I can't, and, and like, yeah, you can make a lot more money doing that, but it's like, I just, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I do think that there's something in me that that I, I'm unable to do it. Uh-huh. I'm unable to um, make decisions based on business things. Terrible. That's why I have managers and thank God right. for them no, because I cannot do it. But you yeah. didn't at the time ever say, I'm not going to do this. I mean, you knew, like, whether or not you knew that that was going to blow up, you were ready to go for it. Yeah. And they said, sing it this way. Because I didn't know I hated those things until I had them. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
But would you say to a younger artist in your position if, uh, who was starting out, would you advise them any differently and to say like, you know, this this song might propel you into it into a world that might not feel comfortable, but it's going to make for a career that's much more doable or like you know it sets you up in the Mm -hmm. long run I don't think I'm not good at giving advice (laughs) and so I don't think I would give them advice about anything really except follow your gut because that is the best thing you could do because there is no form there there is a formula for commercial success but if they're an artist they don't want that anyway you know Mm -hmm. and and the things that come with that is not yeah, I was just talking to someone the other day. More, like, mon- more, more, more money does not make you happy. It just doesn't. Yeah. And everyone has their own path to success. And the only thing that I've seen consistent amongst most people that I admire who are successful is hard work. And that's mm-hmm. it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. like, everything else is yeah. just, like, the way you find it, the luck that you found, the people you met that helped you, like, all these other kind Hard of work that you intangible love. Thi- yeah. Uh-huh. But the hard work, and that's the thing you can control. Yeah. Right, right. But otherwise, it is hard to give advice because, yeah. you know, you had a very specific route that you wouldn't have predicted for yourself, and everyone's going to have that for themselves. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, follow your gut. That's a good one, too. Yeah. yeah. And now here you are with this beautiful new album coming out, <laughs> product of your yes. gut <laughs> and your hard work and all those other things. Yeah. So you're going to be touring on it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Are you excited mm-hmm. for that? Very. Yeah. Very excited. It's fun music to sing. Uh-huh. Um, it's easy for me because this is what I this is what I do. Yeah. So it's easy uh, to deliver it. Uh huh. Well, have there been challenges since the acclaim for your last record, your 2014 record, "The Way I'm Living," was deemed as one of your best? You know, like a true. She's really being true to herself. It's like an outstanding record. Did that pose any challenges? For the next one, because of such a high bar, mm-hmm. always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that so always. It's a problem to have, right? <laughs> but was there anything? Did it focus you more and say like, okay, what can I do differently here? Like, was there any lesson you took away from that right. success, or why did people respond so well to that right. one that will carry over? You know what, I s- Frank and I both said, okay, we're on to something. We need to go further in that direction because Frank produced that one. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Further and sort of the. Like just dig into the Americana, the blues, the soul, the and, and kind of darker elements. Almost. The Leanne of it, you know, yeah. being more like I really like me. Yep, you know, yeah. so the Leanne of it. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> hey, oh, yeah. people talk about themselves in the third person, but <laughs> no, but you're no. right. No, but everyone should say that about themselves. Right. Insert your own name there, <laughs> exactly. right? Like that's what you should be making. You should be able to say that about everything that you put out. And that mm-hmm. goes back to being your authentic mm-hmm. self. Like, that's the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. And it feels yeah. it. You can tell. It's so soulful. It's oh, so, like, good. personal soul. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So congratulations. Thank We're you. excited for you. Thank You're going to be playing you. in old theaters like you um, enjoy? We're just talking about that. We're, yeah. we're getting it all together right now, but. Cool. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Well, I hope we can catch you somewhere. Mm-hmm. So We're going to come to this listening party tonight so to hear the record on this crazy sound I system. Heard it. Over. No? No. We're they very just got, excited. They just got the test pressing like a couple of days ago, and I've been working, so I haven't heard it. Oh, my God. Let's all yeah. hear it with yeah. you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and for the rest of you, you'll have to wait October. a little longer, but it's coming. <laughs> yeah, October, The Lonely, The Lonesome, and The Gone. That's a heavy title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's loaded. It There's a lot to think about there. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, Leanne, thanks so much for coming on the show. We thanks appreciate it. Me. Very enjoyable. Thank you. I ask you if you mean it. You say yes, I
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.